that don't fit in elsewhere and also to listen to your feedback the comments and emails uh, that you've been leaving for us so lots yeah. to talk about we have. It, it's been a big month for news Doctor Who wise hasn't it mm-hmm. um, we had uh, this has been covered extensively elsewhere but we, it's, it's worth mentioning here as well we've had the announcement of a new companion Indeed. Uh, I, I just remember her as a JLC. She's Jenna uh, Louise Coleman. Jenna Louise Coleman. It's not Justice League of Cardiff. <laughs> That's a spin off waiting to happen. Most notably, though, for EastEnders. No, Emmerdale. Emmerdale and Titanic. Which yes. does appropriately seem to be sinking. Uh, it hasn't had particularly good reviews, but I, oh, I, 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 know, have, I yes. haven't seen her in it yet. There were a few people on our Twitter feed were talking about it the other night, mm. I think, when it was on. So, um, so, so what do we think, guys? General Louise Coleman. They haven't actually revealed much yet. They haven't given us a character name or what sort of companion she's going yeah. to be. I, I, I think it's tricky at the moment because we do have so little to go on. I've not seen her in anything yet. I intend to give Titanic a glance just so I can see her in it. Uh, it's not quite enough to compel me to go back and watch old episodes of Emmerdale. I don't think <laughs> no, no, it's no, worth no. it. I mean, I remember she was in it so long ago that it was when I was still watching Emmerdale. And Confession time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was living with my parents, you see. I don't think really we need to go back that far because it's quite different to being in a soap to being in anything yes, else, yeah. really. She was actually quite young as well in Emmerdale. Um, I can't say she was bad but she was hardly remarkable but I think the one hint that we've had towards possible characterization for her companion is um, Moffat said that the doctor's finally met someone who can talk quicker than he can oh um, so, him, I think so yeah. Him, is it? yeah so apparently she's going to be a bit of a chatterbox but we we will see okay. so, yeah. so no they... word is on whether she's human alien contemporary historical mm. futuristic I'd put my money on human Yes, yeah, I think that's that's almost certainly going to be the case. But, uh... Yeah, I I think there have been uh, some fans in some places, particularly uh, certain internet forums of um, moderate repute, who have been complaining that she is another companion who is young, female, and pretty. I'm, I'm sure you can set up a petition to have uh, an old male, an ugly person, <laughs> but I'm not sure it's yes. going to happen particularly we, soon. I had, was... had two out of three of those with Will. I, I, I had I had hoped, actually, that they would go for more of... Um, oh, what's the name of the character from Big Finish? Uh, Evelyn Smythe. Yeah, more of an older companion. Mm. He's actually physically older than the Doctor. Uh, more of a sort of grandmotherish or, or motherish. That would be an figure. interesting dynamic, dynamic with Matt Smith's yeah, doctor. I, I thought that could have worked quite well. I think, uh, discussing it with some of the, the group that um, I went to the London studio tour with, 
Um, this is the, the Harry Potter, the studio, Harry Potter studio tour, which was another thing this month. But they were sort of saying, you know, in terms of marketing as a whole for the BBC, the whole idea of a of a male and a female two leads, mm. it works. Mm. It sells very well. If you take out the hardcore Doctor Who fans, who'd pretty much happily watch most things, to the average family viewing, it works. That mm. that dynamic sells very easily. And I think it's not so much of a surprise that they haven't mm, no. stepped away from that. Um, I still think, you know, it gives them a lot of scope to do something different. I mean, looking at the ones he's had, you know, the companions he's had so far, yes, they're all women. You know, there are yeah. marked differences between them. I, but... I, I, I don't think that Moffat is going to repeat himself. No. Because he's, he's mm. a writer who does like to surprise the audience. Mm. Uh, so I don't think she's just going to be like Amy Pond or Rose brunette instead of blonde or, or ginger mm. uh, in fact do you, want, do you want to hear my wildly implausible theory well we've got to now yes go on <laughs> Susan Foreman the Doctor's granddaughter the very first companion in fact from 1963 because okay. when we first met the Doctor he was con- travelling with his granddaughter I don't think this is likely to happen but as we're, we've already been told that she's going to be joining the series in the Christmas special so it's going to be the episode that launches us into the anniversary year, effectively. Mm. And Moffat does love his classic Who. I mean, he's referenced yes. William Hartnell, goodness knows how many times in Series 5, and he cropped up again in Series 6. Susan is still out there. She was left on Earth after the Dalek invasion. The Doctor promised that he would go back for her. He never did. This can't have escaped Moffat's attention. I'd, I'd be very surprised if we got through the anniversary year without Susan turning up in some capacity. Now, what, could it be that we're revisiting that very first sort of Doctor Companion dynamic? That would actually work very well, I think. In dramatic, there is a lot of um, dramatic potential to mm. the Doctor's uh, granddaughter. And if you're going to have a surprise reveal for the true identity of the companion, then having her go, oi, granddad, (laughs) is quite a good Mm. twist to have. Um, Yeah, I I could actually see that working quite well. I think it would be interesting to see how they would set that up in terms of the general audience not knowing who Mm. Susan is. But I think... Moffat is very interested in the whole family element yes, to yeah, things. That's true. And I think um, having someone in that kind of role would be very... Um, it would take the Doctor back to an uh, aspect of his character that hasn't been explored mm. uh, since William Hartnell, uh, that grandfatherly figure. And, uh, it's one of the ways in which they could push it in a new direction. It's official, the rumour starts here. Ah. <laughs> Spread it around. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's true, you heard it here first. Yeah. So yes, and we also now know that we're having the six episodes in the autumn, including mm-hmm. the Christmas special, yeah. um, with uh, the ponds leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to skip the next bit this has been widely announced if you're spoiler phobic then uh, I am going to mention the things that have been officially announced by the BBC but if you don't want to uh, know any more stop now Uh, and that is that they're leaving in the story with the weeping angels in New York Uh, episode 5 with Mm. location filming in a shocking or a heartbreaking I believe yes I was trying to think what it was heartbreaking departure 
Moffat says that uh, not everyone's getting out alive, and this time he really means it. Yes, yes. Which, there is which we've heard before. News of a death. I'm, yes. Which, if if it doesn't mean the actual physical, non-metaphorical, non-cheating death of uh, either Amy and or Rory, uh, I will be. Uh, we'll, we'll march on the Flandaff <laughs> <laughs> offices. Yeah. If, obviously, you want to hype it, but don't hype it by making promises you're not going to keep. Mm. Also, True. is it going to lose some asp- uh, some impact if Rory dies again? It, it was hinted at apparently in, at the com- at the convention yeah. um, here in Cardiff over the weekend that, uh, or somebody commented on the number of death scenes that Rory's had to act for, and they asked Arthur Darvill if it was hard coming up with something new for each death scene um, and Moffat said you ain't seen nothing yet oh. so yeah, but that, that, might that be... could just be him messing with us but it also, could also could be in terms of him reacting to Amy's death that's true so it might not be him dying but it would be a death scene yeah, yeah. I, I think but I just think it won't be so much of an impact if Rory dies again yeah I, th- I think they're more likely to kill Rory than Amy. Yeah, um, I know. That's what I'm thinking. They're more likely to do it. But does it have less of an impact because mm. he's died before? Yes. <laughs> oh, well. But we'll uh, see. We'll um, see. Yeah. And speaking of the convention, we will uh, be coming back to the meetup we had with some of the podcasters mm-hmm. yeah. uh, who were there for the thing. Thing, I'm very <laughs> articulate this evening. Yeah, so we're all in a similar state. <laughs> uh, but we do have some feedback from various things, and we do. Yeah, do, do, you, do you want to start? Yeah, the, the first one is for Olivia's um, random encounter. Yeah, so Olivia wrote um, earlier about girls, guns, and games, and in particular how. Bioware and Mass Effect uh, got her into gaming and how being able to play as Commander Shepard as a strong female character uh, was a real breakthrough for her. Uh, But one of the things that Olivia complained about was the uh, sometimes uh, sexualisation and so on in the visual aspects of how the female characters are presented, in particular the monogendered uh, blue-skinned alien babes that are sorry uh, that our friend Aled under the name of Fig Leaf of Your Imagination who blogs at Blog of the Hut uh, responded to this and he says I have to say that Bioware do the blue-skinned alien babes extremely well with an amazing backstory to them and a wide variety of characters of that race that have fleshed them out far beyond the sci-fi placeholder they fill the idea of them living a thousand years gives a lot of depth to the characters, especially when they mate with short-lived races like the Solarians, who only live for 40 years or so. And I found the encounter of a Solarian trying to buy his Asari wife something to remember him by very moving, says Alad. So they are, they are blue-skinned babes, but Bioware carry it off with a lot of dignity. This isn't a rant, by the way. It's just me saying how well Bioware have made their races. In two games, they have created species as interesting and deep as anything else out there. Uh, so, thank you, Alad. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Alad. Yeah, I, I can see both sides of the argument. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, I am, a, in fact, about to 
commence a mission on the Asari homeworld uh, in Mass Effect 3 at the moment. I do think that the Asari Justicars are this these warrior race who do very much carry on the tradition of highly impractical uh, female body armour. Yes. Uh, right. Chainmail bikini syndrome, is it? Yeah, it's not quite the chainmail bikini stage, but... There should never be a chainmail bikini stage. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I think, as we discussed in the Mass Effect podcast, there is sometimes a, something of a gap between the writing and the visual presentation and if you uh, have anything to share on our Mass Effect uh, we have multiple posts on the uh, website, various discussions about Mass Effect Um, and and last month saw the launch of two monthly video game columns it did Uh, we've got Random Encounter which is written by Olivia which uh, examines hot button topics in contemporary gaming and her next one is up already and is on storytelling in modern games and that's a counterpoint to our other monthly column which is Visual Memory by Chris Bell who is examining classic and forgotten games on extinct systems so uh, do check those out if you're a video game fan Indeed mm-hmm. and also uh, congratulations to Aled on getting married Yes, uh, attending well the wedding uh, and if you like, I can bring the dictaphone <laughs> so we can talk about Mass Effect. But uh, his wife might have something to yes, say about that. Yes, he might be a bit preoccupied. <laughs> that might be the shortest marriage <laughs> Wales has ever so, seen. So perhaps not. Yeah. Some other time. Yes. Uh, we, we got some more feedback uh, this month. We posted our recording of Sylvester McCoy's Q&A at February's SFX Weekender event. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some feedback on Mr McCoy's efforts from Greg Stodge, who said... Thank you for the Sylvester McCoy audio. It really brought back memories of when I travelled to Minneapolis, Minnesota for a convention. I wound up taking him for coffee and a walkabout. I got him to sign my question mark umbrella. Anyway, thanks so much. And as always, enjoyment the day. I enjoy the day, I think that means. But uh, but thank you very much, Greg, you, um, who also got in touch to thank us for our Brian Blessed Q&A as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the second time he's been in touch. Glad you're enjoying it, Greg. Hope you're listening to this. And uh, we've got more to come. Yes, we have more Q&As from your trip to uh, the SFX weekend, Absolutely. don't we, We've still got uh, Colin Baker and Eve Miles to come, yes. so, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, so as we already mentioned, uh, there was the official BBC Doctor Who convention here in Cardiff, down in the Bay, in the Millennium Centre, yes. this past weekend, and Whovians from, not only from all over Britain, but judging by the accents from... Uh, all over the world, I mean, mm. um, were in town, and among them were several other Doctor Who podcasters, and we had a fantastic time on Friday night. We it did. Was a pleasure to meet up with them. We met up with Phil and Paul of the Who's He podcast, yeah. Laura and Tony of the Ubuntu UK podcast, and Ian and James from the Doctor Who podcast, and it was terrific to meet them face to face at Long It was. We, we should point out at this point, none of us were actually going to the convention. No. Not because we were particularly lazy, but... Primarily because it was 99 quid ahead. Yes, and I'd already spent the day in London at the, uh, at the Harry, Potter, Harry Potter Studio Tour, which cost me enough money. So, yeah. uh, and I'd been at the SFX weekend just a month before, so, um, so couldn't really afford it, sadly. But it sounded as if they had a fantastic time. We quizzed the other guys on exactly what they were looking forward to in terms of the convention, because they'd come a long way and they'd spent a lot of money. And here's what they had to say. <laughs> Yeah. 
here we are in Eddie's Diner in Cardiff Bay, which of course was the location for the diner in the Impossible Podcast. In the Impossible Astronaut. The Impossible Astronaut. It is now the location for the Impossible Podcast. Excuse me. Um, but here we are. We've, we've got all sorts of people with us. We've got from Impossible Podcasts, me, of course, and you are? Sarah Barrow. Uh, me, Caleb Whipbridge. And me, Swithin Dobson. Uh, do you want to pass the mic? around the magic circle and we'll just introduce ourselves. Hi, this is Tony from the Ubuntu UK podcast, which I bet nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> and Laura, also from the Ubuntu UK podcast. Ian from the Doctor Who podcast. Hello, I'm James from the Doctor Who podcast. Hello, I'm Phil from the Who's He podcast. And I'm Paul from the Who's He podcast. Oh, thanks guys, and welcome to Cardiff, very nice to have you all here. On the eve of the first official BBC Doctor Who convention since the mid-1980s, none of us are going, all of you guys are. <laughs> the price is what's put us off. What's convinced all of you guys that this is worth coming to? Um, I think our main thing actually was the fact that we just didn't want to get to the end of this weekend and see everybody else coming back saying they'd had a wonderful time and we was like, why weren't we there? Why weren't we there? Yeah, so eventually we just sort of thought, right, okay, I can afford it, so... I'm going to go because I'd rather I'd rather go and then have been angry with myself for going and spending the money than not to have gone and been angry with myself for not going if it was brilliant and are you still convinced that it's going to be a good convention because they've been uh, announcing more and more things as time has gone on haven't they yeah I just, just don't know you just don't know how the BBC are going to run it I think it's going to be fairly regimented and it's just a question of how does that work well yeah I mean um because I ordered the tickets for it. I had an email a couple of days ago saying there's uh, no recording, no filming, no photos or flash really? photography during the, during the panels. Oh, wow. So that's how regimented it is. Right, no, no podcasting either? No podcasting, not, yeah. So it's all a bit... Um, so anything's been done outside of that, that time period by lots of things. Okay. So this is a, a very official very convention official. Then. Yeah. Well, they said they're worried about um, copyright, so Lord knows what they're going to show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So are we hoping for any sneak peeks of anything in particular? Darren Killen. <laughs> <laughs> Keep hoping, it might happen. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone's assuming that the announcement of the new companion and the official convention happening within the same week is not a coincidence, so that, that, that might happen. And personally, I'm looking forward to the feature on the Lost Episodes. Uh, I'd love to, love to hear a little bit more about how they were found and what they're doing in terms to, to restore them. So there is an element of classic Who in there as well, then? I think that's probably about it, to be honest. That's the only panel that they're going to be doing, focusing on the show's past. Uh, and of course, the production team just got back from Spain last week. Do you think they might show a few s- clips of the Western episode that's coming up? Is that a bit too much to hope for? Seems unlikely. I mean, they wouldn't have any time to do any post-production properly on it at all. A few stills, maybe. Yeah, it's probably about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be something new, whether it'll be that, but there'll there'll be some tidbit out there that they'll have uh, put together as an exclusive for people who've honed up all the money to come here. I'd like to see a multi-doctor story with um, (laughs) the gunfighters and the most... (laughs) Yes, tomorrow. (laughs) They've just been filming this Western, haven't they? What's to stop them putting Matt Smith into black and white and reinserting him into the gunfighters? There you are, two Doctor story yeah. for the 50th anniversary. 
perhaps I'll actually get round to having Paul McGann and the Time War as well while they're at it. So. I don't think they'll go near the Time War, but possibly Paul McGann. Yeah, yeah. yeah possibly. I think from my perspective, um, it is expensive, but it's a lot cheaper than Gallifrey. Yeah. So it's a bargain at that rate. Well, is it? It isn't. Yeah, it's only because you've got the travel involved. But, yes, um, yeah. that's pretty much exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah. And also, I also I think this is completely incomparable to Gallifrey or any other fan convention. Uh, I said this before, but I think this is much more of a performance from the BBC as opposed to an official convention. They've stolen the word from the fans. This is more like a, yeah, more like a big theatrical performance in the same way Doctor Who Live, the experience really to a degree. It'll be, it'll be interesting seeing how accessible any of the guests are and I, I'm expecting the main stars not to be very accessible at all but whether some of the uh, less high profile people are uh, uh, anywhere near as accessible as you might find at your run of the mill Doctor Who convention it'll be interesting to compare I think maybe that. Like production staff yeah. might be but the stars and, and Moffat I think definitely oh, know they'll, yeah. they'll be Behind a barrier them. somewhere, I think. Yeah. They have to be. They mobbed them. Exactly, they would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially Karen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many kidnapping plots do you think are underway this weekend? We're both married. We're not allowed to speculate on such things. No. How does it feel to be eating in the same diner that Matt Smith and Karen Gillan and the rest were in? Just just last year. Well, it's quite quite amazing, actually. It's actually sit in the same place. And, well, it's not, not the same seats, though, is it, unfortunately? But you've yeah, been to the same, not the same toilet door now, James. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's more wrong than it it does, actually. It's, it's, it has it's one of the most popular toilets in Yeah, it's been quite amusing just uh, seeing various fans uh, coming in and then... Uh, going to the toilet and uh, having their picture taken with a straw coming out. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what. I don't think the straw's got anything to do with going to the toilet, but no. Uh, no. <laughs> so, uh, with the okay. Matt Smith fizzy straw, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I have no idea what the staff here make of it. I think they're probably, probably used to it. it. Yeah. It's the fact they're coming out and looking embarrassed because we're looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> the fact we're now sitting thing. around yeah. recording about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's been a few moments when see people realising that everybody else in the diner is also a Doctor Who fan yeah. and, and kind of relaxing a little bit. I guess that's one advantage of the Gallifrey is that there's so many places around here you can go around and they were on Doctor Who. Mm. Yeah, locations. locations yeah. 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 I'm going to go and set up a memorial to Mickey at the point where Rose dumped him. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mickey. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks, guys. Uh, before we go, uh, do you all just want to quickly say where people can find you? You can find us at www.whos-he.co.uk. www.thedoctorwhopodcast.com. Uh, Podcast.ubuntu-uk.org. God, that's catchy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. It sounds as if everyone had a truly fantastic time. In yeah. fact, um, Phil and Paul over at the Who's He podcast have just put up their own uh, report on the weekend. So if you want to know what it was like from the inside, then head along to Who's He. In fact, we're about to hear from Phil and Paul again because our next section is... Uh, so we've loosely titled it Top of the Pods. 
this is basically where we, uh, we where we give you a quick rundown on some of our favourite podcasts and recommendations. If you're listening to us and if you're enjoying us, these are people you should be listening to as well. First up is the Who's He podcast. Um, if you don't know who they are, here's a brief introduction. Podcast. Coming to you in weekly episodes. Bringing you reviews and retrospectives on episodes of Doctor Who. Light-hearted monthly audio commentaries. And the thoughts and opinions of two, sometimes three, Doctor Who fans. And all the Doctor Who news we can muster. Find us at www.whos-he.co.uk or on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. The Who's He Podcast. Taking the word ramshackle to new heights. Another Doctor Who podcast that is well worth following is a brand new podcast called The Oncoming Storm. A couple of American guys who are dealing exclusively with spin-off material from the series. That is the Big Finish audio adventures that come out every month and the old Virgin New Adventures novel range that was published in the wilderness years before the series came back. This comes at a perfect time for me because I have just started a marathon of all of the Big Finish audio adventures. So it's terrific to actually find a podcast that's devoted to that and uh, they go into some depth and it's a really really quality podcast but don't take my word for it here they are in their own words the oncoming storm hello impossible podcast fans i'm josh wilson editor for mad norwegian press and i'm ashley rayburn program director for the timegate convention in atlanta and the organizer of the Tennessee Who Authority. And together, we make up The Oncoming Storm, a Doctor Who spin-off media podcast. It's one part history lesson, two parts commentary, and all Doctor Who. That's right, Ashley. And it's our job, nay, our mission in life, to cover Doctor Who in formats that many may not be familiar with. The Oncoming Storm covers the adventures of the Doctor that you won't see on television. From books, to audios, to comics, we're looking to cover it all. In whatever format the Doctor may pop up in outside the TV show. Yeah, you see, I enjoyed Doctor Who as I was growing up, but it wasn't until I hit my teenage years and the show had gone off the air that I became a fan, in quotation marks. The new adventures came along at just the right time to fill a hole in my life that I didn't even know that I had. And lucky for me, they were brilliant. And I still count them as my favorite run of Doctor Who ever. For me, I grew up in a household where it was a tradition to watch Doctor Who. It was devastating when it was taken off the air. The wilderness years, as the years between the classic series and the new series are collectively known, were rough ones. But in those tough years, you had beacons of light, like the Big Finish audios, to make it more bearable. So that's what the oncoming storm is. It's our love letter to the world of Doctor Who that sustained us through the years without a show on television. To the works that solidified us as hardcore fans. To the spirit of creativity that flowed in those works and shaped Doctor Who into what it is today. We just premiered our first show this past February, so jump on in and don't get left behind. We're currently doing two shows a month, one that focuses on the books and one that focuses on the audios. We hope to expand to other subjects later, 
but these are the ones that we really love and want to tell people about. We're starting with the new adventures on the book side, and with the first big finish releases on the audio side. We cover two books or audios per episode, which we figure is a manageable amount for us and for anyone that wants to follow along. We do hope you'll join us. Check us out at theoncomingstorm.libsyn.com. You can also find us on iTunes, and we have a Facebook group that you can join. Just search The Oncoming Storm on Facebook. Thanks for your time, and a big thank you to everyone at Impossible Podcast for having us on. And our next recommendation, if you're particularly a fan of David Tennant, is BBC Radio 5's live broadcast by Kermode and Mayo, their film review, which goes out as a podcast uh, every Friday evening, and their latest special guest was David Tennant. Yeah, la- on last Friday's show, and we actually got a question read out on air. They didn't credit us, sadly, but it was a, a question... This is now us crediting ourselves. Yes, so we're, we're taking back what Tennant... So what was our question, Pete? Our question was, with rumours of... Well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll play you a clip and you'll be able to hear it. It's, it's, it's about a Doctor Who movie okay. with, with David Yates, but uh, here is a brief snippet. <laughs> Paul, uh, Paul Edwards on uh, on our Facebook page. Do you miss the fanboy atmosphere surrounding Doctor Who? Um, I don't feel like I miss it. It feels I still get pockets of it when I uh, uh, wherever I go. It seems Doctor Who is one of those things that will follow you around, as will its enthusiasts. As will this question, um, which came in also uh, via Facebook. Uh, First in with the inevitable, Simon, with rumours of a Doctor Who movie helmed by David Yates still circulating, and with prior form in both Doctor Who and Harry Potter, would he be interested in reprising his role for the Doctor on the big screen? I think you have to be very careful about anything you say about a Doctor Who movie. There have, the, the fact is, Doctor Who movies have been talked about on some level or another for as long as I've been involved in the show, and I think as long as the show has existed. Indeed, there were a couple way back when. Um, I, I think this is one of those rumours that somebody talked about and it ended up getting a, you know more of a momentum than some of the other rumors which were it's a things are always in development and if anyone can make it then i suspect david yates can but i i have no inner knowledge of how far along the the, the... would you be up for it If you actually want to hear the rest of Tennant's answer, you are, you're going to have to go and download the actual podcast. Yes. But it's well worth it. It's fantastic. If you thought Swithin on our podcast was opinionated, you have not heard anything until you've heard Mark Kermode. Okay. Uh, which brings us to our last podcast recommendation from the Impossible Podcast to the Incomparable Podcast. I know that some of you may have heard uh, Jason Snell, who chaired a panel at the recent Gallifrey convention. He is the weekly host of the Incomparable Podcast which is a podcast about all things geek, really. Sounds uh, good. From, they, they do Doctor Who podcasts when the show is on the air, but they cover they have a, a regular book club which covers uh, science fiction and fantasy. They have, they've done horror, they do comics, they love their Star Wars. Their, um, their two-part reviews of Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back are absolutely terrific. Does James know this? He should should. do. I've sent him the link, so he should have heard it. But uh, James, if you haven't heard them yet, go seek them out. Uh, But anything and everything um, geeky, really, it's well worth listening to. But don't forget, there's plenty to look forward to here at Impossible Podcast as well, so don't abandon us completely for these other people, as good as they are. Um, In fact, next month we are going to be celebrating 
our fourth anniversary. We are. Obviously, we. I've already been in the last part of it. But you're going to be there for the celebration. It's been been four long years since uh, Caleb Swithin, James and I sat down to talk over an episode of Doctor Who for the very first time. And Um, look where we are now. Absolutely. Still talking over episodes of Doctor Who. Yes, but a lot of other running around with various other things Mm. as well. To mark the occasion, we're going to be having a, a fairly special podcast. We don't want to give away too much just yet. No. But it's going to be something... Very Doctor Who related. Yes. Very geeky. And it's going to be something a bit different. Something a little out of the ordinary. Yeah. Um, but what better way to celebrate our fourth anniversary? Completely. Uh, we've also got another live Q&A recording from the SFX Weekend event. Yeah. That's going to be Eve Miles this coming month. She talks about Torchwood and well, many other things besides. Mm. And we've also got what some of you may have heard us refer to on Twitter last month. Uh, was when Kieran came and joined us from Geneva mm-hmm. and we discussed Game of Thrones. Um, so we've got a podcast between myself, Caleb and Kieran on that. That's um, a discussion of the books and the new TV series. The books and the TV series, yeah. Cool. Um, Kieran is a, a fan of both. Yeah. Um, a huge fan of both, really. Um, and that was a, it was a great podcast, actually, um, having been in on it. So uh, it's yeah. another good one to, to come and have a listen to. And it's it's accessible even if you haven't because I personally haven't read or watched any of it, so uh, um, it may encourage you to do so. So it works as a good introduction. It does, yeah. It's certainly put Game of Thrones on my to-read list. Lovely. Well, I, I think um, that just about wraps us up then. For, yeah, for I think... Points of view. Yeah, and then we'll have... Well, check back for next week, month's points points of view as well. Yeah, the, um, the last weekend of April we'll be back at this again. Yes, and so, at some point this month I will also put up the photos... From the, oh, the Harry Potter, the Harry Potter Studio yes. Tour, yes. which, uh, as you'll have seen on Twitter, yeah. I was at last Friday, Friday before dashing off to the uh, the meetup with the other podcasters. Yeah, Friday was a very busy day. It for was me. a very busy day for me, but I've got various photos and things that will go up uh, and links to the um, to the Daily Snitcher, which is the website I went under the name of, uh, where our review is as well. Fantastic. Right. In the meantime, if you have any feedback, send us a comment on the blog, send us an email, join our Facebook page, join the discussion there. Yeah. Send us a tweet and uh, we will speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening!